All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for yet another time again. We ask and we say there is illumination. The eyes of our understanding is enlightened. There is no confusion in this atmosphere. Every heart can behold you as we see ourselves in you. There is clarity. There is light. And we can behold you as we see ourselves in you. And we say your name alone is glorified as we are edified. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, this morning, very quickly, just have a short dissertation to exalt you on. I won't call it a short dissertation, but I'll just call it something I want to steer our heart up to. And it's basically casting out devils. Hallelujah. Casting out devils. You know, a believer can cast out devils. Say, I can cast out devils. I can cast out devils. Casting out devils. So, look, at, let's go to Mark 16. We're studying signs of the believer. Mark 16, casting out devils. You know, the devil is under our feet. That's what the scriptures made us to understand. The devil is under our feet. Look at Mark 16. Let's go there. Mark 16. Mark 16. Look at from verse 15. He said unto them, Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creation. You know, we always start from this scripture and we forget the preceding text. And you know, one thing, and I've always taught us in Bible hermeneutics, is that the background is fundamental. The background of effects is very fundamental. And you should not read the text alone because the text has no life of its own. The text is always surrounding with a preceding text. So, except, except it is the only text in that chapter anyway. So, we want to see, look at in verse 14. Let's see what precedence made him say what he said in verse 15 where he says and he said unto them go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature he that believeth and his baptized shall be saved that believeth not shall be damned that little sign shall follow them that believe in my name they shall counsel devils they shall speak with new tongues they shall take up deadly drinks and they shall not hurt them and they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover and when the lord has spoken unto them he was received up to the side of the right hand of god and they went forth everywhere preaching and the lord was with them confirming and the signs following amen so now look at verse 14 verse 14 says afterward he appeared unto the eleven and sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which they had seen him after he was risen because you can come across questions like that what does upbraid mean the word obrede then in the Greek is translated from the Greek word oinedezo. Oinedezo. O N E I D E Z O. O N E. O N E I D E Z O. Oinedezo. We are looking at the word obrede then. Oinedezo. O N E I D E Z O. It's a word that carries a weight. And is beyond finding fault. It's like saying finding fault with someone, but it's beyond that. The Greek word "oinedezo" has different slant of meanings. One of the slants implies to insult them. Now look at in Mark, Matthew five eleven, Matthew five eleven. Let's do this very quickly. I want us to look at something before we go to what, where we are going to. Look at Matthew five eleven. It says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. It says, Revile you. Now, that word revile here is like insult you. So it's like insult you. That's oinedezo. You know, I've always told you, you have to study words in their context. 
you have to study words in the scriptures in their context. Words are given and have a meaning in their context. So, it was implying there to insult. So, look at Matthew eleven twenty, Matthew eleven twenty, Matthew eleven twenty. Quickly this morning, Matthew eleven twenty. Then began he to upbraid the cities, wherein most of his mighty works were done, because they repented not. So Jesus used upbraid in this place to rebuke the cities. It's just like saying, "I'm I'm speaking against the city to rebuke the cities." So the word oinadezo means to find fault. So, this was the same way he rebuked his disciples in Matthew 16. Mark 16, sorry. Now, let's go back to Mark 16. Mark 16. Mark 16. Let's go back to Mark 16. Let's read it in verse 14. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven, as they sat at the meat, and upbraided them with their home belief. Now, because of the various places we've gone through with the scriptures now, you can now see that word or bring it there now and see and understand what it means, right? Am I talking to people, right? Yes. Right? Now, so that word or bring there now, Jesus used it and he was not finding fault. Jesus was not trying to find fault or insult the people. Rather, he was correcting them. He was correcting them. So as he rebuked, he will tell the people what they ought to do. As he rebuke, he will tell the people what they ought to do. You know, dictionary don't define words. They only give probabilities of words. Dictionary don't define words. They only bring probabilities of words. So, and upbraid actually means, on the original point of use, it means to find fault. So, but we are looking at something that Jesus did to his people here. It means that he was trying to correct them. An instance would be, like a student in the school giving a classwork or giving um, a quiz or giving a project to do, but he didn't get it right and he goes to tell his professor, oh, this is my work. Instead of the professor just saying, oh, you are totally wrong, the professor looks at the work and tells him, okay, this is your mistake, go back and redo it. So he's correcting them. That was what Jesus was doing. He was correcting them. So I'll just tell you, this is wrong, then I will explain further to you. It's just like the professor telling you, now, you got this wrong here. Now, when I'll tell you, okay, this is wrong, this is where you got it wrong, then I will give you your rebuke and I will give you your correction. So that was what Jesus was doing with upbraiding them. Upbraiding them. Now, so Jesus corrected them. He wasn't finding fault with them. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because upbraiding means to find fault. But Jesus wasn't finding fault with them in this instance. Are you getting what I'm saying? He wasn't finding fault with them. Neither was he insulting them. Look at him. Let's see some more text in Luke 6 verse 22 to explain what I'm saying. Luke 6 verse 22. Luke 6 verse 22. Hallelujah. Luke 6 verse 22. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from my company and they shall reproach you. Reproach you. Reproach there is from the word oinedezo. It means to insult. So you are seeing the various usage of the word oinedezo now. Insult you. Look at Matthew 27 verse 44. Matthew 27 verse 44. Matthew 27 verse 44. Matthew 27 verse 44. Very quickly. Matthew 27 verse 44. So he says that. Look at what it says. It says, 
that the thieves which were crucified cast the same in the teeth. It says cast the same in the teeth. That word cast the same in the teeth today is the word oinedezo. It was using to insult, they were trying to insult Jesus. It was like a word that was hauled up upon Jesus. Was hauled up upon Jesus. They were trying to insult him. They were trying to insult him. So that was the word oinedezo. Look at look at another word. Look at First Peter 4, verse 14. Let's see another word that oinedezo was used there. First Peter 4, verse 14. First Peter 4, verse 14. Don't forget, we are still we want to study casting out devils, right? <laughs> so we, we just we're just trying to do some homework here, and and and, and before we hit the road, before we hit, how this to say that word? The nail on the head. No, I'm looking for before they eat the road running. Is this something like that? Before we eat the road rolling, how do they say? Before we eat the road. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> First, Peter. First Peter four fourteen. First Peter four fourteen. First Peter four fourteen. Are you there? Are you there? All right. Now it says that. So it says, if ye be reproached for the name of Christ. So he used the word reproached for the name of Christ. That's on inedezo. That is, you are insulted for the gospel. Insulted for the gospel. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, appear ye for the spirit of the glory of God rested upon you and all of those things. That is, that is for the gospel's sake. Look at James 1 verse 5. James 1 verse 5. James 1 verse 5. James 1 verse 5. Look at what it says. It says, If any of you lack wisdom, let it ask of God, who giveth upon all men liberally, and what? Upbraided not. And it shall what? Be given him. Upbraided not. So James exonerated God here, saying that God does not find fault. God does not find fault. Rather, he references the word liberally. Liberally, it's and that word liberally is from the Greek word aplos, H A P L O S, H A P L O S, H A P L O S, aplos. It implies that God is single minded, God is single minded as touching giving, God is single minded as touching giving. So, we've seen the word reproach. Now, let's go back to our, 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 our Mark 16. Let's go back to our Mark 16, verse 14. The emphasis there, let's look at the emphasis in Mark 16, verse 14. Mark 16, verse 14. Mark 16, verse 14. Afterward, he sat upon the eleven, as is afterward, he appeared upon unto the eleven, as they sat at meat. So it's like saying they were gathered together, and he appeared to them. And he did what? Or in the desert them. He upbraided them. He found, he wasn't finding fault. He corrected them, right? He rebuked them. Can we safely say that now? Are you getting what I'm saying? So he rebuked them for what? He rebuked them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. That's the emphasis. So because for him to rebuke them of something, there has to be something they did. It's just like I gave you an example of a class of a student who gets his project wrong and he comes to his professor and his professor has to tell him, okay, you got this wrong here. Go back. This is your correction. Go back and take this and redo it and get it properly. Does that make sense? Now, there has to be something that they did wrong. Now, what did they do wrong? Their unbelief and hardness of heart. Unbelief. That was the emphasis. 
So he was referencing the word upbraided them because of their unbelief. So it implies that unbelief requires a reproach that needed to be rebuked. Unbelief requires, or unbelief is an action that needed to be rebuked, that needed to be corrected. And the word unbelief is from the Greek word apistis, A-P-I-S-T-I-S, A-P-I-S-T-I-S, apistis, A-P-I-S-T-I-S, apistis. That's the word unbelief. Now, why do we use the Greek word? The, the Bible was written in the New Testament, it was written in the Greek language, and the Koine Greek language. So for proper explanation of words, we go back to the original Greek, to use and see how the word was used, and that helps us to do a proper study of the scriptures. Does that make sense? It helps us to do a more robust study of the scriptures. Now, so he says he upbraided them for their unbelief. And we said unbelief is the word apistis. It implies unpersuadableness. They were not persuaded. Unpersuadableness. They were not persuaded. They were, it's, it, it means a refusal to believe. A refusal to believe. Have you seen men who reject the gospel? You preach to them and they just tell you, well, I'm not interested. I choose to go to hell. <laughs> a refusal to believe. Unpersuadableness. They don't have a persuasion to believe the gospel. A refusal to believe. An act of one's will. And it, is, and it is a function of your will. It is a function of your will. It is not something that comes upon you or your spirit. No, no, no. It is something you chose to do. All of you woke up this morning and chose to come to church. Does that make sense? It was a function of your will. You were not forced to come. You were just invited. Maybe somebody told you, okay, come to service this morning, and you were here. So it's a function of your will. So when the writer was using unbelief and hardness of heart, he was not referring to two different things. Because when you see the word and there, hand is from the Greek word kai. He wasn't referring to two different things. The conjunctive word in the Greek. And in, and in the Greek is a conjunctive word. It's very conjunctive. It's an explanatory statement. You will see an example in John 3 where it says, You shall be born of the water and the spirit. Water and the spirit. Water and the spirit. It wasn't talking about two different things by saying water and spirit. You will, because if you read down, you will see that the emphasis of that John 3 was on the spirit. That's why you will see in John 3 verse 8 where it says, The spirit goeth where it listeth. So he used much emphasis on the spirit. So he wasn't talking of water and the spirit. It was just a descriptive explanation of the spirit and i think we did this study in uh, basis of christianity you can you can lay your hand on that series where we studied um water and the spirit the reality of the indwelling of the spirit that we, we studied that there now so it is hardness of heart so he wasn't talking about two different things so unbelief that is hardness of heart so he upbraided them so we can safely say he rebukes them right am i too fast Somehow, good, I'm good. Okay, praise God. <laughs> uh, see, he rebukes them or he corrected them because of their unpersuadableness, right? We can safely say that, right? Because of their refusal to believe, right? So we can safely say the hardness of art or unbelief and hardness of art is the same thing, right? Right? All right. Now, so 
And what does hardness of heart means, or what, what, what does hardness of heart in the Greek word is from the Greek word sclerocardia. Hardness of heart is from the Greek word sclerocardia. S K L E R O K A R D I A. S K L E R O K A R D I A. S K L E R O K A R D I A. Sclerocardia. Sclerocardia. The word cardia implies heart. Cardia is a heart. It's just like science word. I think there's something like that. Cardia something it implies heart. Uh, I'm right. I'm, I'm getting this most more. The word sclero means hard or difficult. Sclero there means hard or difficult. So it was like a two words joined together. Cardia, heart, sclero, hard or difficult. So we can safely say it implies. In other words, it implies unbelief replies or refers to a difficult art. So now, when you see somebody who doesn't believe the gospel, are you seeing the major lesson? They have a difficult art. Are you seeing it now? They have a difficult art. They, they, they have a refusal to yield to one's, to, 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 to one's art. That is what you are telling them, they are not believing it. They are not just interested in it. So, and, you know, sometimes... The greatest unbelief are those who are experienced. The greatest people who, have, who walk in unbelief are those who are experienced. Those who have been around the church world so much, they are the ones who are experienced. They are the ones that walk in unbelief the most. Just like in the Old Testament, you will find out the children of the, the Jews and, the, and those that were working with Moses, they saw the miracles, they saw the manna, they saw the several signs and wonders that Moses wrought for them. And yet, the Bible says, they did not believe. Despite the signs and wonders. That was the same thing that was happening to the disciples here. They've seen Jesus wrought the signs and wonders. They've seen Jesus move around, preach the gospel, move around. But yet, they did not believe. That's why Jesus came to them. Now, that, are you seeing something? That's why Jesus came to them in verse 14. Let's read it again. It's going to make sense. He appeared to them. Now, why did he appear to them? Appearing to them is showing you that this is after the resurrection. Are you getting me now? It doesn't, if, it, if it makes sense, let me see your hands. So, it was after the resurrection. Now, he appeared unto the eleven and sat at meat. And he was rebuking them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they have not believed and seen him that he was, re he was risen. So they didn't believe in the resurrection. Even the disciples, the people who walked with Jesus, did not believe. So the, can we, can we, so that does, no, but I don't believe there's anybody in this service who does not believe the gospel. I don't believe so. You believe the gospel, that's why you're in the service this morning. I believe that the messages that we preach, or that is, that, that's why I'm much, on about, I'm, I'm much an advocate of personal evangelism, because you need to explain to people what really they believe. That is why you hear preachers, they will preach you motivational sources, 3Ds of sources. I don't know why I always use that 3Ds of sources. They, use, um, they will teach you how to make money how to do this and that, how to be a businessman, how to do all of those things. Then after, do not say, if you want to give your life to Christ, come on. See, let me tell you something. When a sermon always ends like that, it shows you are not sure of what you preached. When a sermon is always ending with, you've preached every other thing, then you, you are now coming to tell people, okay, uh, 
if you believe the, if you, if you want to give your life to Christ, please come out. You are not sure of what you preached. I am sure of what I preach. I know that every sermon I preach, if you hear them, you believe the gospel because it has faith in it. I don't have to call you to come out and receive the gospel because what I am preaching to you now is the gospel. If you come to any of our services, you always find the gospel. Hallelujah. You always find the gospel being preached because the church is giving. Is the, the, that's why the church is giving. The church is for us so that we can learn the gospel. That's the essence of the church. That's the essence of we coming together to fellowship with believers so that we can learn the gospel. So, back to what I was saying. Jesus upbraided them for their unbelief. They've seen signs and wonders. They've seen miracles. And yet, they did not believe. They didn't believe. The apostles have seen the miracles. Look at it. Mark 6, verse, verse 12 to 13. Mark 6, verse 12 to 13. Mark 6, verse 12 to 13. And they went out and preached that every man should repent. They cast out many devils and anointed him with oil, and the sick were healed. The, even then, they've wrought, they've wrought miracles. Yet, their heart was stiff because they had been preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Now, let me explain something to you. They preached the gospel, but yet they did not believe. Why? Because they were preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Now, what were they preaching? The gospel of the kingdom simply means authority. The gospel of the kingdom means authority. Kingdom is like a word basilea. It means a reign, authority. Look at Matthew 10, verse 7 to 8. Matthew 10, verse 7 to 8. Matthew 10, verse 7 to 8. It says, as you go, pre as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. A lot of people use this for uh, rapture message. Come, repent, for the gospel, the kingdom of the gospel is at hand. Repent now. How I many of you have seen those people ring the bell? Repent. For the gospel. And they use it for rapture message. No. No. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand here. It does not mean rapture. It means it is here now. It means it is here now. So the kingdom there, it implies an authority. It implies a reign. It implies an authority. That is why, because of the authority they have, that is why in verse 8 it says, they should heal the sick, they should cleanse lepers, they, sh they should raise the dead, cast out devils, freely have you received, freely have you given. Because of the kingdom of his authority, the gospel of his kingdom that they were preaching. Does that make sense? So they were preaching about an authority. They were preaching about the reign. Are you getting me? They were not preaching the resurrection before Jesus rose from the dead. Now we are preaching about the resurrection of Jesus. Look at in Act 10, in Act 10, verse 36 to 38. 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 The word of God, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. That word I say, you know ye that was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after that the baptism which John preached, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with power and went about doing good, healing all that, healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. That was the message they were preaching in the four gospels. They were preaching about, ah, the anointed Jesus is going about healing the sick, preaching. It's just like saying, it's just like telling you, okay, um, it's just like telling you, oh, let me, let me look for an example. It's just like telling you, okay, guys, I'm selling this Benz car now. Come and buy 
Benz 20, 21 car from me. There's this Benz, there's this Benz, there's this Benz. It's at a cheaper, affordable rate. Come and buy. That is exactly what they were doing. They were preaching about, ah, there is Jesus who is, is healing the sick. He's going about healing those who are oppressed of the devil. Have you heard? In fact, even we, we can even do the same thing that he is doing. We can heal the sick. Does that make sense? That was what they were preaching in the four Gospels. They were preaching about his reign, preaching about his authority, preaching about his kingdom. In Acts 1, verse 21 to 22. Acts 1, verse 21 to 22. Acts 1, verse 21 to 22. It says, Wherefore, of this man which has accompanied us from all, from all the time, that the Lord Jesus Christ went in and among us, beginning from the baptism of John, and unto the day which he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be witness with us of his resurrection. So they were preaching it's from the days of God, ah, he was baptized by John. They were preaching, ah, we've seen him. We, he has done so many infallible proofs. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that was what they were preaching in the four Gospels. They were not preaching about the resurrection. That was why even the disciples could not believe that he rose from the dead. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? That is why they didn't believe. So that because a lot of people need to understand what the gospel really means. And that is the essence of a local church. Because you just have to know that the gospel is about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. It's not that that is what we are announcing. But in the four gospels, before Jesus died, before Jesus was buried, before Jesus rose again, they were preaching about the authority of a man, about the kingdom of a man, about, oh, the reign of a man. Are you getting what I'm saying? How Jesus, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good. He was just going about doing good, dealing those that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. That was what they were preaching. But upon the resurrection, we now have the authority. Are you getting what I'm saying? We now have the authority upon the resurrection because the kingdom of God is from the resurrection. It's not the place. Not the place. It's a reign. So the kingdom of heaven that Jesus was talking about is here. It is himself. It is not about making heaven. So upon the resurrection, something changed. The message changed. Now you have to believe. Are you getting it? So we can safely say the disciples even got born again upon the resurrection. Does that make sense to everybody now? Now, because as at Mark 16 verse 14, Jesus had to upbraid them because of their unbelief. Are you, are you following me this morning? Are we in church? Oh, come on. Don't go quiet on me. Are you in church? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So look at the Matthew 28. Matthew 28, Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. It says, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Something changed upon the resurrection. Something changed. Because it says, all authority has been given unto me. All authority does not mean the kingdoms of this world. No. 
all authority, exousia, is talking about exclusive authority in Christ. Because our authority, no, we, we're going to look at this further. Look, look, but look at something he says in, um, he says, teaching all nations, match it you, it means to make people students. Every church should make people students. That is the responsibility of a local church, to make people students, disciples of, of every nation. And that is where you are trained with the gospel. The church is where we train men. That's why you should not complain. A Christian should not complain that its service is too long, its teaching meeting is too long. Would you have been in Paul's church where Paul will teach from night to morning and somebody will die, it will wake him up, Uticos died, woke him up, and continue teaching. <laughs> so you see, this is a misnomer for Christians of today to be complaining that the teaching meeting or the teaching service is too long. That why are they wasting my time? Jesus took all believers to the wilderness for three days and three nights and he was teaching them. That was where they had to do the multiplication of the 5,000 loaves of bread and three fishes. Took them to the wilderness, taught them for three good days. So imagine we are in church till Wednesday. Someone said, nah, it's not going to happen. Pastor, don't do that. <laughs> imagine we are in church till Wednesday. We are not leaving now from this Sunday. We are not, I'm not stopping till Wednesday. I was saying, no, I'm going to leave here, man. <laughs> but that is what happened. So, it says, so we, the church is where men are trained after Christ. He says, observe. He says, teaching them to observe. That word observe means look at what has been done. So Jesus rebuked those guys for not knowing the truth about his resurrection. Are you seeing what he did in Matthew, Mark 14, verse 16 now? Are you seeing it now? What he did in Mark 16, verse 14. Let's go back there now. Mark 16, verse 14. What he did there? He was rebuking them for what? For not knowing the truth about his resurrection. Now, let's go back to Mark 16, verse 14. Let's go back there. Let's go back there. It says, Afterward, he appeared unto, 11, unto the eleven as they sat at him, and he upbraided them with their what? Humbelief and what? Hardness of heart. Because they believe not that which has been seen after he was risen. So he rebuked them for what? About his resurrection. Does it make sense to everybody? If it makes sense to you, let me see your hands. If it makes sense to you, let me see you. All right. So he rebuked them about his resurrection. And when rebuke, when Jesus is rebuked, some when rebuke is received, it produces faith in the believer. When rebuke is received, it produces faith. It produces faith. So when he says, All authority is given unto me. That word authority, Jesus has authority in the life of the man that has believed the gospel. He doesn't just have authority over the, over the government. Some people say, oh, we are waiting. It's a misnomer. People, some preachers have been saying, okay, uh, eh, eh, why should you vote for democratic? Why, should, why we want Republicans? So that we can, the Republicans will favor the Christians. This and that. That's just, that's just an hogwash. Jesus does not have authority over the government. He only has authority over the lives of men who believe the gospel. Hallelujah. He doesn't have authority over the school. Jesus is not over the school. If the school of... In, in, let's use University of Rochester, for example. Jesus does not have authority over University of Rochester. 
is the government, the vice chancellor, and the chancellors and the senate bodies that have authority over the school. Same with RIT, same with MCC. Are you getting what I'm saying? These, that is what happens. So when a man believes the gospel, Jesus has authority over that man. In John 14, verse 2. John 14, verse 2. John 14, verse 2. John 14, verse 2. It says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That is an internal walk. So people will say, in my father's house, there are many mansions. Uh, and you know, in your mind, you are still very selfish. You are still thinking, my own mansion is going to be bigger than this person's mansion. Okay, this person's mansion is going to be bigger than this person's. No. <laughs> in my father's house, there are many mansions. It is an internal walk. It is, not an, it is not a physical structure. It is what Christ would do in us. Because if we can just read further, if we can just read further in verse 20, look at in verse 20. It says, At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and what? I in you. So he was going to create a place for us in him. Jesus was going to create a place for us in him. So when he was saying in John 14 verse 2, it says, In my father's house are many mansions. If I know so I have told you, I go to prepare a place for us. It means I go in my resurrection. Does that make sense? Can we safely say that? I go in my resurrection to prepare a place for you that where I am, you will be what? You will be also. So you see that scripture that told us where, where we are is where he is. As he is, so are we. Do, do you get it? First John. So, look at in verse 11 too, the same John 14, verse 11. It says, believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. For verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he do also, and greater works than this shall he do, because I do what? I go to my Father. A work he will do internally. He says, and whatsoever ye ask in my name, is not talking about material things. We studied this before. He was not talking about material things. He doesn't ask me for car. No, no, no. He says, whatsoever I ask in my name, that is, you ask him in his resurrection, you being born again, right? I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. An internal work. So when you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, the work is done in your spirit. Does that make sense to somebody? So let's go back to our Mark 16, which we've not started. You don't forget that what we're still studying is casting out devils. Don't, don't, get, don't get carried away. Praise God. Hallelujah. We want to study casting out devils. Say, I can cast out devils. You're not saying it like you're meaning. I can cast out devils. I can cast out devils. Hallelujah. Mark 16. So look at our verse 14. Jesus upbraided them because of their unbelief. Does that make sense? So he upbraided them, he rebuked them because of their unbelief. Do we understand them? We understand that. So Jesus rebuked them because they did not know the truth about his what? His resurrection. Does that make sense? Now the tangent is going to flow. Now that he has they believe upon the resurrection now. Does that make sense? He has rebuked them, right? They've taken the rebuke, right? 
in verse 14, right? Because we said, when Jesus is rebuked, he produces faith in the believer. Do you remember? We says, when Jesus rebukes someone, that produces faith in the believer. And the man is receptive to it. It's just like saying, when I tell you, you do wrong here, and I show you that this is the wrong you do, you go do your corrections, right? That is how it works. So they've, rebuked, they've received the gospel, and they've believed. He has rebuked them, right? They've seen their father that, oh, they accept. Now, the tangent is going to flow. Verse 15. And he said unto them, now because why they believed. Does that make sense? Oh, you, you, you lost that. I think you lost that. Look at it, verse 14. He upbraided them, right? They, he, they were rebuked, right? Now they believed, right? Because of the rebuke he has given them. Then he now gave them an instruction in verse 15. Because of their belief now. Does that make sense now? Does that make sense now? If it makes sense, let me see your hand. It makes sense now. Okay, now look at the verse 15. And I said, go ye. Now, no one is going to go because you will not believe. If you have not believed the gospel, you are not going to go. You are not going to accept the instruction. Nobody is going to. I can't tell you, go and do something you can't do. Are you getting what I'm saying? I can't give you an instruction to, to go and drive a car when I know you don't have a driver's license. When I know you don't have a car. Does that make sense? When I know you don't know how to drive. So it is as a result of what, what they believe, he could safely give them an instruction. Then he gave them an instruction in verse 15. Now let's read it. It says, go ye into the world. Now, does this make sense to somebody? Does this make sense to somebody? Are you getting what I'm saying? Am I preaching good? Okay. It says, go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creation. It says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be done. So he corrected them about the gospel of his resurrection and they are just believed. So now Jesus is showing them a pattern for preaching. He's showing them a pattern for preaching. So when you believe the gospel, you automatically receive a ministry. I'll say it again. When you believe the gospel, you automatically believe and receive a ministry. A ministry and a responsibility or the call of duty has been given to you automatically. Because Jesus was showing them a pattern. In John 17 verse 20, John 17 20, look at what it says there. It says that in John 17 verse 20, it says that, Neither pray high for this alone, but for them, and also which will believe on me through their word. He wasn't just referring to the twelve. He was referring to everybody. In this John 17, verse 20, he was talking to everybody, not just the twelve alone. Everybody. Everybody. So he was showing them a pattern. He was showing them a pattern. When you believe the gospel, you what? You receive a ministry. Let's go back to our Mark 16. Mark 16. Don't forget, we're still studying casting out devils. We want to learn how to cast out devils. Mark 16, verse 15. It says, go into the world and preach the gospel. The word preach there is from the Greek word keruso. It means announce an event. Keruso. K-E-R-U-S-S-O. K-E-R-U-S-S-O. Keruso. I might not get the spelling right, but I mean, that's, that's just it. Announce an event. It means announce an event. Go and announce an event. Now, you see that their message is going to change from is the Son of God who is the... Their message is going to change from oh, um, 
the, um, who went about doing good in order they were oppressed of the devil for Christ was with him. That's going to, that message that they were preaching of the kingdom is going to change, right? Yes, now it's going to change to what? Ah, he died. He was buried. We were witness of his resurrection. The resurrection is what gives us eternal life. Are you seeing the tangent? It's going to change. So now they are going to be preaching to them that Jesus died, Jesus was buried, Jesus said, and that is what saves men from their sins. That is what gives men the gifts of eternal life. That is what makes men sanctified. That's what makes men holy. That's what makes men saved. Are you getting this? That message has changed because something happened upon the resurrection. Hallelujah. So we are announcing an event. So when we go and preach the gospel, we are not preaching about you. You are not preaching. Let's say you meet somebody smoking. You meet somebody in uh, uh, maybe smoking or you meet somebody in the club and you're, and you're trying to you're saying, God will judge you for clubbing. That, that's not the message. Your message is in spite and despite of the person's event, of that person's circumstance, because you are preaching a past event. You are preaching what has happened 2,000 and something years ago. Are you, getting your mess- are you getting what I'm saying? So your message is consistent. Your message does not switch because of circumstances, because of a pandemic, because of something. Your message does not switch. Your message is consistent. How that Christ died, how that he was buried, how that he rose again from the dead. That is the message. So it is not about you. You don't go to condemn people when, they are, when you are preaching the gospel. No. You don't go to tell people, oh, you're going to be damned. Oh, you're going to... No, you don't go to do that. You go and preach. Your message is a past event. It is superior from experiences. So you are going to preach irrespective of the person's background. So he told them to go and preach. Preach means announce the event. Because he just upbraided them, right? They just believe it, right? They just they told them, now because of what they believe, they now have the responsibility to share the same thing they believe. Hallelujah. They now have the same responsibility to share what they believe. Because you cannot believe and preach what you have not, you cannot preach what you have not believed. Hallelujah. So he gave them that responsibility to go and share what they believe. So he told them to go and announce the event, Caruso. Go and spread it all around. And that is the same responsibility for us today. We have that same responsibility. Go and spread the gospel around. Tell your friends. Tell your family members. Tell everybody. Go on the street. Go all over Facebook. Go all over Twitter. Bombard everywhere. Go all over Instagram. Let all men hear the gospel. That is our responsibility. So, and that is what we are supposed to do. Look at in verse 16. In our says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Because they just believed and they are saved, right? Are you getting it? Now, he's not telling them, if they believe the same message too, will be saved. He that does not believe will be damned. In our says in verse 17, this is where we have been trying to get to. Hallelujah. This is where we've been trying to get to. Praise God. Because we want to study casting out devils. Hallelujah. So we've been doing all these things for preamble. Praise God. This we have been trying to get to. Hallelujah. It says, this signs, glory to God, shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new thoughts. They shall take up deadly serpents. They shall take up deadly They can say what serpent. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. Hallelujah. 
It says this science. The word science in the Greek is from the Greek word Simeon. S-E-M-E-I-O-N. Simeon. S-E-M-S-E-M-I-O-N. S-E-M-E-I-O-N. 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 Simeon. It implies what gives the indication of the message. An indication of an assistance or someone. An indication of a message. An indication of, his, of, his, of an assistant or someone. It's like saying, I want to prove to you. A sign means I want to prove to you that this message is true. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's like I want to prove to you. It is not the message. Don't, don't get this wrong. Signs and wonders are not the message. That is why Moses wrote all of those things in the, in the Old Testament and yet they didn't believe. Jesus and even the disciples wrote all of those things and they didn't believe. So don't get bamboozled or wowed with people watching signs and wonders. Mark what they are saying. Check their message well. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's like what I just told you. We don't, we don't come to our service now and start saying, oh, if you want to believe the gospel here. What I have preached in the last 14 minutes, is it not the gospel? Yes, sir. Can't somebody hear that and receive it? That is the message. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, signs, back to what we say, signs, is like what indicates the presence of someone. It's like, I want to tell you that God is real. It indicates the presence of someone or something. So, signs, Simeon in the Greek, it's like saying, it's like an indication of a message. An indication of an assistance of someone. It's just like an example would be, how do I know there is light in this building? I switch on the light. It's an indication, right? It's a sign that there is light. How do we know that there is power, how the, that uh, there is, there is fuel in the car, right? We see the gauge, an indication. How do we know the fire is running out? We see the gauge. The gas is running out. We see the gauge. An indication. It's like, I want to prove to you. Don't forget, sign is not the gospel, but a claim that our message is true. Signs is not the gospel, but it is a claim that what? Our message is what? It's true. When I preach the gospel, and I heal the sick, and I cast out devils, it's a sign that what I'm preaching is true. And every believer can do it. Everyone. Everyone under the sound of my voice, you can do it. You can lay hands on the sick, you can cast out devils. And that's why we're studying this this morning. So, it is not the gospel, but a claim that our message is what? is true. Because his works will be evident. It means that his works are evident with us. Proofs. It means proofs. I want to show you a proof that Jesus is evident with me. I want to show you a sign that Jesus is evident with me. I preach the gospel. Okay, you don't believe it, right? All right, I'm going to show you a sign. Hallelujah. You're trying to preach the gospel. So you say, I'm not sure what you're saying is true. I'm going to show you a sign. I'm going to prove to you. You call out the case. You heal the person. You're showing the person a sign. 
That is not the message, remember. You are preaching the message, you are telling the person about but you are showing the person his sign. It says, in these signs, a proof, an indication, supernatural indication, shall follow them that believe. It says, in my name. So, it follows you that believe. Have you believed? So, that signs is with you. Say, I have the signs. I have the proofs. I have the proofs. It is evident with me. No, you're not saying it like you mean. Let's say, I have the signs. I have the proofs. It is evident with me. It is evident with me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It is evident with me. Because I have believed the gospel. So, his works are evident with the believer. He says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. He says, in my name, in my name they shall do what? And we know, we study, we says, we are in his name. His name is our name. It says, and this name, and this, in my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. That is, they shall have utterances. Utterances, so is a proof of Christ. When we speak in tongues, it means that we have the sign. Are you getting what I'm saying? Just like we're praying some, some few minutes back when we, and we're just praying in tongues. That's a sign. Are you seeing it? That is a sign that the message is true. Acts 2, verse 4. Look at it. Look at what happened in Acts 2. Look at what happened in Acts 2. Jesus told them in Acts 1, verse 8, He says, Wait till you be endued with power, right? And the Holy Ghost will come upon you. In Acts 2, verse 1, He says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one accord with one place, and suddenly there came a mighty rushing wind, and a few the house where they were sitting, and they appeared unto their clothed as of the fire, and it sat upon each of them each. Verse 4, He says, And they were what? Filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's a sign. Hallelujah. Yes. That's a sign. You know, others heard them and said, These guys are drunk because they are seeing something different. People heard them in Acts 2 and say, These guys are drunk men, man. Just, you can just speak in with tongues. What are you guys saying? You're just speaking gibberish. What are you guys saying? But that's a sign that our message is true. When we pray in tongues, who spend hours in tongues, we say sign. When we get people filled with the Holy Ghost, that's a sign. Hallelujah. That's a sign. That's a sign. So, utterances is a proof of Christ. Go back to Mark 16. Mark 16. It says, in my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. We said tongues is a sign too. They shall take up deadly serpents. Take up serpent is not going to catch snake. Take <laughs> up serpent is not okay. Let me go and play with snake. You know, all these people that go to all these highlands and they will put snake on their head. That is not take up serpent. <laughs> That's not what take up serpent means. Take up serpent is not that. Take up serpent is it was just used figuratively. But if you read in Psalm 91, it says, It shall tread upon serpent and, and the hadder. You see in Matthew 23, verse 33. 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 It says, Ye serpents, ye generations of viper, how can ye escape the damnations of hell? Look at Luke 10, verse 19. Luke 10, verse 19. Jesus told the disciples in Luke 10, verse 19. 
It says, Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpent and scorpion and over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by enemies what? Hurt you. So serpent refers to the power of the enemy. And Jesus has given us authority over that. Look at Luke 11 verse 1. Luke 11 verse 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, and he sees that one of his disciples, Lord, teach us how to pray. Ah, I don't think this is, what I was, this is what I'm looking for. No, no, no. This is not what I'm looking for. Look at uh, John 3 14. 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 It says, and Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So serpent refers to the works of Satan. In 2 Corinthians 3, it was used as a deceit for Eve. In Revelations 9.19, Revelations 12.9, Revelations 12.14, Revelations 12.22, it was used that way. It wasn't used for anything good. Revelations 9.19. Revelations 12, 9, Revelations 12, 14, Revelations 12, 22. Revelations 9, 19, Revelations 12, 9, Revelations 12, 14, Revelations 12, 22. It wasn't used for anything good. The only place you might think or see that there was a problem or see that there was a place maybe it was used good is Matthew 10, verse 60, where it says you should be wise as serpents. It wasn't saying you should be as wise as serpent. It was just saying that we are not called to be serpent. It was just a wrong translation. It was, it was just saying we are not called to be serpent, but we are to be harmless. You can check that out later. And we'll do, do more study on that later. But go back to our Mark 16. It says... He that believed and is baptized. So it was not. So when it says you can take up something, it means you have power over the powers of the enemy. You have power over the over the over the authority, over the over the pangs and and the and the whips and crepitances of the enemy. You have power over it. You have power over you can take up serpents. You can tread upon them, you can match them, you can defeat the devil. Hallelujah. You should not be scared of the devil. No. You should not be scared of sickness. No. You should not be scared of all the, the oppressions of the devil. No. You see somebody, you see somebody just doing something, you're not saying, oh, ah, let's be calm. No. You should not be scared. You have authority over it. Hallelujah. Say, I have authority. You have authority over it. So in our Mark 16, it says, and these signs, these proofs, these supernatural indications, follow them that believe. It says, in my name, they shall do what? Cast out devils. That word cast out demons there, it means to expel. 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 We're coming back to that soon. But look at in verse 20. We're coming back to that very soon. Look at in verse 20. It says, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord walking with them, and doing what? Confirming the word and what? Signs following. The Lord was walking with them and confirming the word. That is what they were preaching. And the supernatural indication, the signs following. That word following there is used for devotion. The word following there, it means devotion. That is, you can simply say, or you can say, a pattern, an example. A devotion, a pattern, an example. It was used in 1 Timothy 5.24. That word following there. Let's see how it was used. 1 Timothy 5.24. 1 
First Timothy five twenty four. First Timothy five twenty four. It says, "Are you there? Are you not there? Are you there?" It says. He says, some men seen are opened beforehand, going before judgment, and some men they follow after an example, a pattern. Are you seeing it? A pattern used for devotion. Look at 2 Peter 2.21, where it was used again, the word following. Following. 2 Peter 2.21. Let's see how it was used there. 2 Peter 2.21. It says, it says, for it has been better for them to have known the way of righteousness than after we have known it and turned to the commandment that it has happened. To have known the way. To have known the way. Following. So the signs are devoted to a message. So when he says this sign shall follow, it was just emphasizing the devotion, right? The pattern. Are you seeing it now? When he used the word follow there, it was just emphasizing what we just explained. Emphasizing it. So that is the very same thing he do, or that Jesus can do, you do also. Are you seeing that? The very same thing Jesus can do, you can do also. The very same thing found in Christ is found in you. The very same thing found in Christ is found in you. So the signs are devoted to the message. So I want you to feed your mind on this truth. The signs are devoted to what you are preaching. Are you getting what I'm saying? So as you walk upon the street of men, preaching the gospel, know you have signs. Are you getting me? Say, I have the signs. I have the proofs. You have the signs. So as you are preaching the gospel, know you have the signs. Let, when men ask you, when men are behaving somehow, show them the signs. Show them the proofs of what you are preaching. Are you getting what I'm saying? You can demonstrate it. It is devoted to the message. It is devoted to the message. The very same thing found in Christ is found in you. Matthew 28, verse 20. Matthew 28, verse 20. As I begin to round up. Matthew 28, verse 20, 28 to 20. Matthew 28, verse 20. It says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the what? End of the world. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So Jesus is with us. As we are going to preach, he is with you. As you are talking to somebody, he is walking with you. He is with you. He is with you right here, right now. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you just have to stay conscious of it. You have to stay conscious of it. If you call the Holy Spirit, if you think the Holy Spirit is still in a bottle of oil or something, or in one handkerchief or in one something, (laughs) you're not staying conscious of that. You won't understand it. It will be like what happened to Eve. You are beguiled by the serpent in 2 Corinthians 3. You are, the reasons why you are not seeing the signs is because you have not been feeding on the right message. You have not been feeding on the right truth because you should see the signs. Are you getting me? I told you in the reality of God's word, God's word will not lie. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? His word is ever true. Ever true. Is what it, the reason you are not seeing the signs is because you are not feeding on the right message. The signs should accompany you in your preaching. It should accompany you in your evangelism. It should accompany you in your day-to-day activities. Are you getting what I'm saying? You have the signs. I have the signs. So if Jesus was alive today, this was his signs. You know, he too worked miracles, right? But Jesus... How Jesus of, of Nazareth, who went about doing good, healing those who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. That was the signs. As he was preaching, he had the signs. So what he can do, we are doing it now. So if Jesus was alive today, <laughs> that's the signs, and he's alive in us. Hallelujah. So we have the signs. Are you you're not saying what I'm getting? I have the signs. Yeah, you have the signs. I have the signs. Look at him, Matthew. So, if, he, if these are his signs, it will be seen today. Matthew 25, or Matthew 28, verse 20. It says, teaching them to observe. All things whatsoever I commanded you. For lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the year. He is with us always. I see the signs. You're not saying it like I mean. I see the signs. I see the signs. I, the signs. I house divine presence. I house divine presence. I house divine presence. I, divine I carry divine presence. I carry because he is with you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, Jesus, God is with you. God is with the believer today. His spirit is indwelling with you. First Corinthians 3 verse 16. He says, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. What Paul was doing to the Corinthians, he was reminding them of the truth that God is now living in the believer today. So I house divine presence. I I see the signs. I see the signs. That is your reality. You must feed on the right message. I see the signs. I see the signs. So, I carry divine presence. And I see the signs. So, So, the signs that arose from the dead, we are the living proofs of it. The empty tomb is not the sign that he rose from the dead. I don't think you got what I just said. The empty tomb in Jerusalem today is not the sign that he rose from the dead. You and I are the signs. We are the living proof. We are the living witness. We are the testimony. A filled heart, a filled life is a proof, not an empty tomb. A man who is indwelt by the Spirit is the proof. And we see the signs. We house divine presence. We see the signs. Look at Acts 8. Verse, you, you see in Acts 8, Stephen walked to the, went to Samaria. In verse 5, wrought miracles, signs and wonders. The, because the signs were with him. The signs were with him. Let's go back to our Mark 16, verse 15. Hallelujah. Mark 16, verse 15. It says, And he that believeth shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be done. And this sign shall do what? Follow them that believe. And in my name they shall do what? Cast out devils. The word cast out there is from the Greek word hekbalo. E-K-B-A-L-L-O. E-K-B-A-L-L-O. Hekbalo. E-K. 
B-A-L-L-O. It means cast out. You cast out, you expel. Thick up serpent there means to remove the work of Satan. When it says you shall thick up serpent, it means you will remove the work of Satan. You take them away. They are the signs of Christ. They are the signs of Christ. They are not the signs of prayer. Even though prayer, even though when we pray, we, we, even though when we are praying, or we pray because we see the signs. Are you getting me? But they are not the signs of prayer. We are praying because we see the signs. Honey, no. Are you getting me? It's not the amount of, oh, let me pray. We are praying. Prayer is our culture. It's our devotion. Are you getting what I'm saying? So they are the signs that Christ lives in us. You can cast out devils. Say, I can cast out devils. You can cast out devils. So when there is an operation of demonic activities, you just sense in your spirit. There is just an operation of demonic activities somewhere. You can just safely say, in the name of Jesus, I take charge here. You devil, get out. When the believer is somewhere, and you sense the presence of devil around, that is your reign. The believer is there to stop it. You're not there to be hugging with them and say, come out, I'm not come out, come out. I'm not. Yeah, you don't have that time to do that, those things. You are there to stop it. Casting out of demons is the ministry of every believer because they are your signs. So when you go on outreach, you see a stronghold on the life of someone, you can safely say, you devil, get out of those bodies. I command you in the name of Jesus, get out. Because you know, what is between you and the right information is knowledge. What is between you and your right and privilege in Christ is the right information. It's because you have not been taught. What is between you, the gap between you and your right in Christ is knowledge, right information. So that, that's why I tell people, you, you have to stay where the word is taught. Where, the, where they feed you God's word, where they open with the truth of God's word to you. You should stay there. You shouldn't live there for anywhere. You should stay there. Expose your mind there. Submit your heart to the place. So the signs are with me just like it was with Jesus. The signs are with me just like Jesus. Are you getting it? The signs are with me, just like Jesus, just like it was with the apostles. Look at Peter. His shadow could cast out, his shadow could wrought miracles. Look at Paul. Hey, Prince and Nankashi were taken from Paul's body, such that he was taken to the sick and they were healed. The signs. That can happen to the believer today. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? So, you don't cast out demons by thinking. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't cast out demons by your mind thinking, I wish this person can just come. Can this demon can just go. <laughs> you're not... See, you're in a warfare. <laughs> like, we're not in a... We're not in a fear zone. I just wish... I just wish somewhere this demon... You demon, go now. Uh, can't you just go? No, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> you don't have that time. You cast out demons by thinking. You cast out 
demon by speaking. You hear what I'm saying? By speaking. Authority is in words. You hear what I'm saying? Authority is in words. Matthew 8 verse 16. Matthew 8 verse 16. Matthew 8 verse 16. Matthew 8 verse 16. Authority is in words. Matthew 8 16. Matthew 8 verse 16. It says, When evil was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devil, and he cast out the spirits with his words. Are you there? Are you there? Matthew 8 verse 16. It says, When he was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed of the devil, and he cast out the spirit with his word. With his what? Let's say it with Corosa. With his word. With his word. And he healed all of them that were sick. He cast out and healed. He cast out and healed. Are you seeing that? He cast out and healed. He cast out the spirit with his word. So Jesus cast out demons with his word. So when you see a demonic operation walking towards somebody, it could be your family member, it could be your friend, it could be so, even if it is a strong addiction. You can see it's a, a terrible chain smoker who is so strong, you know. So, so, I, I shared you the story. So, uh, was it not last year or two, three years ago, me and a friend, we went to Chicago and we, we drove past and we, we met a man in one of those rest areas. And um, he told us he has submitted his life to Jesus. He has given the life. He has been studying the scripture. We saw the Bible with him. And he said he, the only problem he has is that, and he believes strongly in the ministry of angels, he said the only problem he had is that he just, he just have this addict, he just have this strong addiction to smoking, and he's just waiting for God to send an angel to him to, to just pray for him or to just deliver him from this. I said, well, God sent me here. I said, in the name of Jesus, this addiction is broken. And that's all. That's all. In the name of Jesus, you can cast out devils with your words. Not by thinking. You know, we, 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 in, my, in my high school those days, we had a, a very big, I learned authority that way. In my high school those days, we, we can legit flog juniors then. People in all those high schools, in, in, um, in, in, if you're in, maybe the, the highest class is level 12, right? Uh, 12, right? We can flog people in two. In grade three, four, five, with we'll them, um, okay, um, go back, go, go, go sit down there, stand up there. <laughs> we had that authority. Strong one. Lay down there. Why did you come late? And they will obey. So, how much more demons who Jesus has finished? <laughs> who Jesus has finished them on the cross? If you can talk to even your siblings, your younger one, and tell them, bring my phone. You don't even have to say, please, bring my phone. <laughs> Bring my phone. <laughs> and they obey. How much more demons who don't even have power? Hallelujah. God. They don't have power. The Bible says they are just moving about like a ruined lion, seeking whom they may devour. And when they recognize a man with authority, they bow. That's why they came to Jesus and they begged him, please don't chase us away. Have you seen it? They came to Jesus and said, ah, please. Because they know you have the signs. I have the proofs. 
The signs are with me. I carry divine presence everywhere I go. You should be a believer where, where demonic oppression is, 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 is having a way. When you step into the place, light just came there. Hallelujah. I wear this consciousness with you everywhere. As you go on outreach, from now to the end of your life, wear this consciousness. I carry divine presence. I see the signs. I have the proofs. So they are cast out with your words. You speak to it. You see someone who is afflicted of a pain. You say, in the name of Jesus. Many years ago, when I, one of my first experiences with casting out devils, the person was just rolling, rolling. I just felt, okay, what's going on? I just said, in the name of Jesus. That's all. In the name of Jesus, you get out. Get out. You speak to it. Matthew 17. Verse 14 to 23. So the reason why we pray is because you can deal with it. It's not because you are not praying to deal with it. Are you getting it? You are not praying to deal with it. You are praying because you can deal with it. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? You are not praying to deal with it. You are praying because you can deal with it. It must that, that register in your mind. Mark 7, Matthew 17, verse 14. Look at it. And when they came to the multitude, they came to him with a certain man, kneeling down and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic, sword with vest, and often he falleth into the fire, and often into the water, and they brought him to the disciples, and they could not cure them. And Jesus said, Ah, O faithless and perverse, how shall long I'll be with you? And they suffer with you, bring them theta to me. And Jesus, what did Jesus do? Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured that very hour. He rebuked the devil. Mark 11, verse 20, 11 to 20. Mark 11, verse 23, he says, Whatsoever you say, you shall have whatsoever you say. So watch what you say often about demonic activities. Don't speak about it often. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't speak about, don't be too conscious of demons. Watch what you say. Watch what you say about demonic activities. Don't feed your mind with movies that portray demonic activity. When you see those things, say, no, I have authority over this. When you see movies that portray demonic activities so strong that it's more prevalent than the power of God, say, no, I have authority over this. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't feed your mind with those things because those are the things that counterfeit what is your reality. Don't speak too often about it. Don't glorify the devil. No. Have spirit, faith-filled words. Don't do a study about demons. What do you want to learn them for? Have you finished learning who you are in Christ? You've not finished learning soteriology, Christology, pneumatology. You have not finished learning all of those things. You are going to do demonology. As I met a, a pastor many years ago. If anyone knows who I'm talking about, said, I want to teach my members on demonology. Ha, ha. I looked at the man and said, sir, We've not even learned, we've not finished who you are in Christ. He said, you know, hey, why? Let's hold a word conference. I said, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. He said, after this word conference now, we will now do, he said, you, you will teach them what you know. So that's the time I taught them. He said, you teach them your own message. Oh, um, and this is who you are in Christ. And I said, you will now do, 
said, me, I will come and do a series on demonology. I said, hey, it's like plus one minus 20. How <laughs> you get what I'm saying? It's like saying you just, I, you just point everything I just thought. What do you want to what, what do they want to learn demonology for? They will now be telling you ukubus and sukubus. What, the, 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 what is, what's your problem with that? You don't need it. You don't need it. When you see all of those things in movies, somebody is saying those things consciously or unconsciously, you see Facebook, you see Twitter, you see all of those things, you just float, scroll through a video or something, you just say, I have authority over this. So you think, I, this is not my reality. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because we have authority over it. It still does the same today. Look at in Acts, in Acts 16. As I round up now, in Acts 16, Acts 16, verse 6 to 18. Acts 16, verse 16 to 18. Look at Paul. Acts 16, verse 16 to 18. Acts 16, verse 16 to 18. He says, He says, It says, and it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed of the spirit of divination met us and brought a man and brought us and brought a master's much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and Christ, saying, These men are servants of the Most High, which have showed us the way of salvation. And did this, and this did she many days. Paul, Paul being grieved. Thorn and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And it came out of her the same hour. That can happen to you today. You meet somebody who is sick, you lay hands. You say, in the name of Jesus, you're healed. In the name of Jesus, this affliction is gone. In the name of Jesus, this pain is gone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, I feel my words. With authority. with authority. I feel my words feel my with, with authority. Christ is walking in me Christ now. So you don't talk about demons. You, 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 you command them. Half, and you know when you command them, you know, many years ago, when we started praying for the sick and all of those things, one of the ways we learned it is when you pray for the sick and you give words over them, let me teach you something today. When you pray for the sick and you give words over them, you look away and go. Your words will not fall to the ground. Say, my words will not fall to the ground. My words will not fall to the ground. My words will not fall to the ground. That's why many times when I pray, I just walk away. I don't want to know sometimes whether what you say. I just pray and I move. One of the ways we learned how to heal the sick many years ago is when you pray for the person, just go. Don't start waiting and say, check it, check it. No, you go. Your words will not fall. I have prayed. Are you getting what I'm saying? That sickness is gone. That's all. Are you getting what I'm saying? That pain is gone. I have prayed. I have spoken word. He said, if I put, lay hands on the sick, he says, I can cast out demons. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, so have faith in the words you say. And walk away. Have faith in the words you say. Are you getting what I'm saying? Have faith in the words you say. So when you look at somebody, when somebody comes to you and just say, and somebody lays hands on you and say, and, you, and so, maybe you, there's somebody afflicted with a demonic activity, you can just say, in the name of Jesus, I command you, devil, go. 
You don't have to wait and be waiting for the person to go. Move away and go. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Have faith in the words you say. Have faith in the words you say. When you lay hands on the sea, let's say it is a case, not, maybe not necessarily a wishy or something, maybe it's just a case, something, and the person says, in the name of Jesus, you pain, you're gone. You walk away. I've prayed. Are you getting what I'm saying? I've prayed. It is doubt that makes you start feeling, ah, okay, uh, what has happened? What has not happened? Do you get what I'm saying? No. One of the ways we learned how to heal the sick those days is when you pray for the person, just walk away. My words will not fall to the ground. 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 You know, we can just say, in the name of Jesus, that pain is gone. That pain is gone. And that's it. That's it. That pain is gone. Because we trust in the healing power of Jesus. Hallelujah. I trust in the healing power of Jesus. I can cast out them. I can lay hands on the sea. I can make demands. I have signs. I have signs. I see the signs. I have proof. I see the proof. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. We see the signs. We see the signs. We see the signs. So as you go out in your house churches and your meetings, you see the signs. When you see demonic corporations anywhere, in the name of Jesus, you devil, you get out of here. You don't even have to shout. Authority don't shout. <laughs> Many notorious, they'll just come out. You get out of here. I don't have your time. That's it. And they would obey. Years ago, before we started praying for the sick, because we, we used to think we could pray for the sick, we could pray for the sick those days. Because let me tell you something that, that, you, that you prayed for somebody and you didn't see a result doesn't mean you shouldn't go again. No, it should actually give you a sign to go again. Yes, ago we we'll pray, we will not see results. We'll gather. What happened to you? It's like I became sicker. Ha. What happened to you? We prayed. <laughs> Nothing, sir. We became sicker. <laughs> okay. The first case that was healed was a menstrual pain. <laughs> we just pray. I just pray for the person. You know, the person said, Ah, Pastor, you know, this thing is paining me. I just say, In the name of Jesus. This has never happened before. Eh? So you walk? Okay. And you know one miracle gives you sign to go for another. It gives you confidence for another. You keep trying. You keep trying. You keep trying. You see the signs. You see the signs. You see the signs. Now you can pray. The next case I now prayed for. Let me tell you. I, I, I don't think I've shared this story. Was someone with serious migraine? The person came to me. That I were looking for healing people around the Lord. Say, basically, me say, I have a migraine. I have not been, my head has been pounding for the past three days. I have taken drugs, nothing has worked. What is going on? Nothing has worked. And I said, Come, in the name of Jesus, you be you now. He said, As you just prayed, everything just went down. I said, Ah, 
I told my friend, something has happened to me. <laughs> I see the sign. I see the sign. I see the sign. Glory to God. Glory to God. And you know, you can even be sick and you can lay hands on somebody. I remember. I used to be, be a sickler somehow. I was rushed to an hospital many years ago from the high school. And I got to the hospital. I saw men die in my front. I'm not joking. This is the first. It was traumatic. I, I remember it like I remember my name. Very traumatic experience. I went because of ulcer. This one was not even sickness. I've been sick on a normal. I fall sick every time, falling sick, falling sick. To the point that I heard my parents did a debate on, I'm not the one that born this child. I'm not the one that born this child. It's not my DNA. It's not my, I'm not joking. Because nobody in my house falls sick this way. My father said, in my house, nobody falls sick. My mother said, in my house, nobody falls sick. Where did you not get this child from? I became a national debate. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, I got to the hospital. They rushed in again. We'll never forget the girl. I think I met her many years later. I said, ah, I know this girl somewhere, but I, I couldn't meet her. They rushed again. She kept screaming, yeah. I was like, hey, father, I thank you for my little hotel stomach also. Then in the midnight, I remember I was on two go. I was just chatting because I was okay. It's just on sad now. I was not really sick, but I was surrounded with sick bodies. <laughs> that, I just, I, there was just a staring in my spirit. What am I doing here? I heard the shouts of men die, people crying, people in severe pain. And I dropped my phone and I screamed loud and clear in the hospital. I said, today marks the end. Of sickness in my life. It's been almost seven, eight, nine years now. And I've never had the cost to be admitted to the hospital. Oh, Hallelujah. God. You have the signs. And from then, I've been seeing mighty miracles. We've prayed for men. We've seen miracles healed. Men can be healed. Demonic cases. I used an handkerchief in 2015 to pray for someone who was oppressed of the devil. I just say, I just gave him my handkerchief and I threw it on him, and that was all. We've seen mighty miracles, mighty, mighty miracles, because we have the signs. Have the signs. Hallelujah! God. Don't be discouraged. Don't because oh, I've prayed for somebody. The person did not work. Uh, maybe I don't have the sign. You have it. You are just learning how to use it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? You have the signs. Say, I have the signs. I have the proofs. I have the signs. Feel your feet. Say, I have the signs. I have the proofs. I have the signs. I have the proofs. Talk in the Holy Ghost, someone. Come to the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray.